0: Good morning. So I had a weird dream this week. Uh, I dreamt of a place where I could sit at home with my VR headset on and I could enter a virtual room called Portland Mennonite Church. All of you were there, all of you. You were all there. Some of you uh, had lifelike uh, images of yourselves attached to realistic looking bodies. And others of you uh, just had, you know, had bunny ears and you had cat faces on and stuff like that. And our avatars were just walking around, talking to each other. Uh, The chat box was really full. It was going crazy. There was people smashing the like button. It was great to see people so engaged. Come to think about it, I didn't see any children or teenagers, but... The experience was so exciting that uh, I, I hardly noticed. You know, someone had created a new window that easily fixed this problematic image of Jesus behind me. They said it only took him like three minutes. Easy peasy. Then there was a, a simulated bell that rang. And all of us gathered you know, their our little avatars in these Minecraft-looking pews. And Rod's avatar stood up and said, God, take our ears and hear through them. Take our minds and think through them and take our hearts and set them on fire for Christ's sake. Amen. And then I woke up. I was dreaming, right? I mean, no one in their right mind would imagine us having church like that separated into some dystopian metaverse. I suppose some emotionally stunted madman might think that was human progress. It's not like 2.9 billion subscribers like myself are going to just get sold on this idea in the coming months and just go along with it, Right. Are 2.9 billion people on this planet going to just click agree and enter this new exciting human experience while sitting in their pajamas on their couch covered in hot pocket crumbs? Wow, the reaches of the human spirit are just amazing. And isn't it great that we have eccentric billionaires leading the way? I mean, the future is so bright, we're going to need shades special Meta Shades. I'm sure they're just a click away, they'll be on sale for $199. And the sales of these devices will really help increase the measly $320 million per day that presently feeds the machine that is offering us such a hopeful world. The metaverse is coming. Isn't that good news? Uh, I want those of you on Facebook, it might be awkward right now, (laughs) Uh, and those of you on Zoom, and of course those of you here in person to understand something. My cynical and sarcastic comments are directed inward at myself. After all, I'm one of the admins of our Facebook page. I think I set the page up in January of 2011. And now 662 people follow our page and over 550 people regularly see what we post. Our sermon series this fall is titled The New Normal. And I'm struggling to understand our present normal where Facebook has become one of our primary communication tools. Is it really true that something that is better than nothing has become better than anything? I'm trying to understand how this pandemic has changed us far beyond just COVID precautions at this point. And I'm struggling to peer through the lenses of reverence, density, and equity that we have said we want to guide us as we walk into our future as a faith community. It feels like we're inside a story and the ending of it is far from predictable. Is this God's story for us? The story of God perhaps has many streams flowing out of it, but our stream begins with smoke and fire, with creativity and justice, with steadfast love. It passes through prophets and kings, tribes and kingdoms. It includes violence and exclusion. But it also reveals radical inclusion and Jesus's vision for the kingdom of God. It travels through nationalism many times. It co-mingles with power and politics. It tries to sometimes have ultimate control, and at other times, it retreats to caves, monasteries, isolated farming communities. It has run through great cathedrals and also living rooms with old metal chairs placed carefully in a circle. With all of its shortcomings, what it has not done is extinguished that smoke and fire. It has never fully stopped the spirit of God from continuing to whisper to some of us that God's love for us is everlasting. And from out of that love, that we can continue to build a kingdom of peace and justice. That we can imagine right relationships with each other, with the earth and the grounding spirit of God herself. It's been a long and winding stream, and here we are. Can we all agree this pandemic has done a number on us? How are we doing? Can you still hear the whisper of God's spirit? Now, some of us are here in this room, obviously, and some of us are out there in uh, Zoom land Some of us are only gonna be here later while scrolling through Facebook next week, Hi, future people. Uh, And the reality is some of us are no longer here at all. Our stream, our God story has been through so much. And now that story includes a worldwide pandemic and many of us aren't sure how that's gonna turn out. But this moment, Sunday morning worship, has offered us a touchstone for so long. And we come here for for so many different reasons. Some come because this is what we've always done. This is what we've been taught to do. Some come because we're drawn to the connections that we've made here, the friendships. Many of us come because this place aligns with what we want to be doing with our life and energy in the world. And some come just to meet, you know, two other people, one other person, grab a cup of coffee, take a walk. Some of us have places where we always sit. Some of us need to be in the back row or even standing further back in the old chapel. I know because you're my people. And now there are some that have found an online connection, the thing that works best for them. These are all great reasons to come to this place every Sunday morning. It's meant to be a place of connection. It is accepted here at PMC that however you come and whenever you come, you are part of the PMC community and we welcome you as you are. But I'll just be honest. I live with the hope that the vaccination news that we're hearing for younger kids will bring uh, families back into this space and that those of you on Zoom will venture back here as well. And I understand that many of you don't have another option right now, but I miss people. I miss kids and teenagers and older people. But in the coming months, as our kids get vaccinated, I worry that some of us are still going to struggle to find our way back here. Because I'm not sure it's all about COVID anymore. I think this pandemic has done a number on us, and I think we have much deeper places to explore as we search for the new normal. A positive might be that I think the pandemic has exposed our busyness, and it's offered us a break in some ways. But at the same time, it's loaded us with anxiety. And it's placed us behind screens and offered us a two-dimensional version of reality. The pandemic quickly broke our habits and rituals and replaced them with new ones. The road back to pre-pandemic, life may not be possible. But here's the thing, I'm terrified That a few eccentric billionaires know this. And they want to shape our future in their own image. And they want us alone. They want us separated from real life. They want us socially distanced, focused on them with our credit cards at the ready. In our text today, Jesus walks through a cornfield on the Sabbath. It was probably a Saturday, but for all practical purposes, Sabbath was the equivalent of our time here this morning. It's a time set aside in our week as a faith community. And Jesus' disciples were hungry and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to Jesus, Hey, look, your disciples are doing what's not lawful to do on the Sabbath. And he said, Have you not read? What David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for him or his companions to eat, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple break Sabbath and yet they're guiltless? I tell you something greater than the temple is here. But if you'd known what this means that I desire mercy and not sacrifice you would not have condemned the guiltless for the Son of Man as Lord of the Sabbath. There is something greater than the temple here. Now, if you haven't caught on yet, I am grumpy about the pen, what this pandemic is doing to us. I miss hanging out with teenagers in the old chapel during church, and I miss the sounds of kids running through this place. But these words, there is something greater than the temple here that Jesus says in our text this week was something I couldn't shake. Reading them was like when you you hear something and you immediately know you're hearing something true, hearing something that immediately replaces the old way that you thought about something. And for me, it went something like this. The old thought was, this church is in trouble. We might not make it. And in the new truth, there is something greater than the temple here. I've been struck, or I've been stuck, wanting to get back to the way things were. And maybe some of our traditions and rituals will return. I've been clear that I hope so. But what I've been missing is that there's always been more than a temple here. Small groups are meeting, cards are being sent, phone calls are being made. People are walking through extremely difficult moments in their lives and they're not doing it alone because people in this congregation are walking alongside of them. People who are struggling financially are getting some help and the care fund committee is very active. The congregation is in the midst of an anti-racism audit Some of you have been participating in the focus groups that were put together. You know, the junior high group and the MYF are having Sunday school. The groups are smaller, but every week feels more and more, dare I say, normal. We even found a new coffee shop. There's more than a temple here. God's spirit is still here. In our text from Isaiah we get this glimpse of the idea that Jesus was referring to when he tells the Pharisees, but if you had known what this means, that I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. Jesus is reminding them that God's story doesn't flow through history because we design a way of doing church and then perfect it. It doesn't flow because we try hard because we're busy getting it all done. It flows because we do God's work in the world together. It flows because we learn to do good, seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, and plead for the widow. Now, I think I've made clear this morning that I'm not very interested in going to church with all of you in some future metaverse. And part of that is because I don't think the oppressed, the orphaned, the widows are in there. Let me tell you this. If you do decide to build Portland Mennonite Church in the metaverse, I will find my best cat-faced avatar, and I'll join you in there. I'll follow you in there. Not because I wanna go, but because I deeply trust that within this congregation there is more than a temple. And because I'm dying to see Barry Frisbee's unicorn avatar. (laughs) And I don't think it takes a consensus process to understand that that's something that we all want to see. Amen? Amen. Amen.